We're coming to you live from the future. Whoa, we're in the future. But somehow also the past? Uh, who knows? I'm Mackenzie. I'm Liz. And you're about to listen to our podcast. Uh, and we just wanted to tell you a little bit of a little something. Uh, going into season two, we changed our name, as you probably see on your podcast app, <laughs> to Wisteria Gaze. Uh, but we just wanted to let you know, don't be shocked if you hear the old name, because <laughs> we used to have an old name. But now we are Wisteria Gaze. Uh, and you can find us on social media at uh, Twitter at Wisteria Gaze, on Instagram at Wisteria Gaze underscore, <laughs> underscore. Uh, or WisteriaGaze.com. So hit us up. That's Hell our new name. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Hello. Oh, hello. Who are you? My name is Sophie. (laughs) Oh, hello. I've I've heard of you. Yes. Oh, cock destroyer. Oh my god. I I love Desperate Housewives. I fucking love Desperate Housewives. Fuck. It's a Wednesday. My favorite day of the week. That's when Desperate (laughs) Housewives comes out. Fuck. And that was our cameo that we got from the <laughs> cock destroyer herself. I swear to God, when her cameo opens back up, I want to get one. Yes. I want to get a cameo. Yes. I bet the people that listen to us that are in the UK, I'm so sorry. I want to apologize for those accents. Um, but yeah, when Sophie Anderson's cameo opens back up, I will be getting I really want her to say like an uh, Evie line, you know. That, we need that. We need that uh, Desperate House Dykes Patreon. Uh, we yes. need. We need the people to help us get that. Our first goal on Patreon is pay for Sophie Anderson cameo. <laughs> yes. <laughs> then everything after it is like pay for our website. <laughs> like, yes. Actual like, expenses. <laughs> the cameo is the most important thing. Yes. Hi everybody! Welcome to Desperate House Dykes. Hello, wait, everybody or me? You and everybody, because um, I want to welcome everyone into the scope of our podcast. That's fair, that's fair. I don't think I've actually said like an, a normal intro, like we're, we're a show that we watch and discuss Desperate Housewives, but if you've made it this far, you probably know that that's what we are. <laughs> so we're a maybe show. it's not needed. We're a show. <laughs> <laughs> I am really excited to talk about this episode. It's such a good little epi. So good. I like so I good. had a lot of fun watching it. Me too. I am I said this I think the last two weeks in a row, but I'm loving the last half of this season. Oh, listen, it's delicious. It's a, it's a fine meal. It's, it's a like f- gourmet. It's a gourmet little It's buffet. a meal I would cook for you, Mackenzie. Oh, wait, was this made by Brieg Vandekamp? Because oh it is absolutely God. gourmet. Uh do you want to jump in? I do. I do. I want to jump in so bad. <laughs> Fuck. Fuck. I want to jump in. Well, then let's jump into episode 16 entitled The Ladies Who Lunch, which I feel like this is the first hashtag Sondheim watch that I actually know the song. Yes. I want to be honest. When I'm clicking the episodes, I'm not even looking at the titles anymore. I'm just waiting for the surprise of what it's called for you to tell me. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, well, you're a little out of order. This is from the musical company, 
Which I really, it's one of my favorite Sondheim movies. Patty Lapone is in the, a fun fact that I know, Patty, Patty Lapone was supposed to be in this episode. Really? Yeah. Is that a real fun fact? No, it just oh, okay. made that. That's why I didn't have more to say about it. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, your, your performance got me. You're such an incredible actor. Thank you. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Um, Cast me <laughs> in anything. Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> Um, yeah, I love Company. It's probably, like, my favorite next to Into the Woods, maybe. I don't know. Mm. But, yeah, The Ladies Who Lunch. Very iconic song. Yes. This episode premiered on March 27th, 2005, which the last one premiered, like, on February 20-something. So did they take a whole month off? I, I don't understand. It's, <laughs> Was it just matters it? to oh. nobody else. But when I look up the date that the episode premiered on, it's always funny to me when there's, like, two months of a break in between episodes randomly and i can't tell why would that have been like has this happened before because it was yeah. the previous episode oh so it's not even that this was this previous episode was like the the mid-season finale no unless they're doing trimesters <laughs> maybe well it happened between like there was one that was like it jumped to like from october to something wild yeah so there was that. They took like a big winter break. That had know. to have been the mid-season finale. So yeah, yeah, maybe something just went wrong. Happened. Who knows? 2005 was a wild year. It's a wild uh, ride. It was written by Alexandra Cunningham, who has written a couple episodes. She wrote episode five, where the kids get into the private school, and oh. we find out about Bree's mom. Oh, which yeah. actually made sense for me because we get a little ba- bit of backstory on other characters in yeah. this episode. So maybe Alexandra's a good background Maybe alexandra built the backgrounds for all she of built these the characters for all the characters and it was directed by our very brady arlene sanford yes such a good little epi yes i love the be- the old woman in the beginning of this <laughs> the way she's running ida greenberg oh she ida. The, I, was, the old- I was like what old woman are you talking the about the look on your face did give me the greatest fear i have is that i watched the wrong episode <laughs> and took notes i didn't know who you were talking about because my first uh my first note is Maisie is in the previously on i know yes. this episode is gonna be fire i wrote and i was correct so pat myself on the back ida is great Ida's a wonderful character i like yes. her a lot I just liked how she ran. It was funny. We get, like, these little snippets in the beginning, obviously, Mm -hmm. with Ida. We get Tom talking to a cable guy, and he's like, you slip me 20 bucks, I'll give you free porn. Which, technically, he's still paying for porn. He just a a down pay. It's a one-time fee of $20 for porn, apparently. Yeah, Mary Alice is kind of giving a monologue over all these little scenarios about scandal and how it spreads throughout the neighborhood, and we kind of see these various hijinks, but it ends... In the juiciest scandal of all, the fact that Maisie is hosting married men at her home for sexual escapades. I truly, like, when this man came in this room, I went, this man is a cop. <laughs> for sure, for I was like, sure. We, can we just, like, be, can we all be on the same page here? This man is a cop, Maisie. And I tried to warn her, because you, two you seconds later, her. we find out that he is a cop. He yep. pulls out his little handcuffs, and she's like, well, he, that's going to cost extra, um, which is a very good line. <laughs> yes, it was good. I wrote, her being arrested in this outfit is wild and bonkers with this quirky, plucky music playing, because Maisie is in, like, a negligee and fishnet tights and, like, fuzzy kitten heels. Yes. <laughs> running in her front yard being arrested. Yes. It is wild. Also, I want to say, and I want to warn you and also our listeners, 
because of a certain return of a certain character this episode, uh, my notes got a lot hornier than I thought. And I wrote... <laughs> oh, you can, you, oh, you mean Edie? Yes! <laughs> and I wrote, Maisie's fucking hot is the thing. LOL, I love a MILF. I wrote in my oh, notes just right my off the top. God. Well, she you was a MILF, a MILF for a reason. She got business. Ugh. I love a MILF. I lo- we all love a MILF. We all love a MILF. If you don't love a MILF, get out of here. A uh, new shirt in our store that says, We Heart MILFs. We, <laughs> we Heart MILFs. Or I Heart MILFs. I Heart MILFs. It, yeah, there's yeah, a yeah. there's a shirt that has arrows. Um, <laughs> so it's We Heart MILFs, but it's a pair and the arrows go to each to, other. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we're going to have them one day. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we see a lot of onlookers uh, watching Maisie get arrested. But one woman in particular flips her little flip phone. And I wrote, this tea is about to be everywhere, honey. Oh, we love a good bye-bye birdie. <laughs> What's the story? Morning glory. Prostitution. Bastille Lane. <laughs> oh, my God. Have you heard about Maisie and Jim? <laughs> Sorry, what have a, you heard about Maisie and Rex? What a fucking niche bye-bye birdie reference yes. we're giving you today. <laughs> um, opening credits, then I wrote, clap your bones. Yes. <laughs> clap your cheeks, <laughs> crunch your bones. Like, we're, we're here for crunch it. Crunch your cheeks and clap your bones. <laughs> <laughs> we're in a mood today. We're in a feral mood. Yeah. Um, I literally wrote at this point, Oh my god, I love this. <laughs> so like that's how you know it's gonna be a good episode. Yeah. We cut to then after the opening credits to Lynette at the school and we find out that there is an outbreak of lice. I never had lice as a child, have you? Oh buddy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I had lice for like two months straight. Oh my god. It was awful. It was Holy terrible. Shit. And it was like Your the, mom didn't just like shave your head at that point? I would I would have cried <laughs> if my mom shaved my head. That's fair. Um but <laughs> so what happened? This is a qu- a quick little earlier. My mom's best friend was a hairstylist and I went to go get my hair cut and he lifted my hair up and he was like, "Whoa." So he put my hair down and quietly walked me out and was like, "Take her away." <laughs> So that was fucking embarrassing. My mom took me home and I had like a fuck ton of lice. So then my mom started. Yeah, my mom started treating me, bombing the house, doing all the things you're supposed to do. We got rid of it. And then I got it again and we didn't know what was going on. It was literally when I saw this episode, I was like, this is my life. I kept getting it. And like my mom would get. Yeah, my, (laughs) my mom would get rid of it. And then I would get the lice again. And my mom was like, who the fuck is giving you lice? Because I'm going to rip my hair out. We found out my friend Lacey had, like, the worst fucking lice and, like, kept giving it to me because she's my best friend. And my mom told her mom. And her mom was like, it'll be fine. And didn't want to treat her for lice. And so my mom, (laughs) my mom's. my mom is a crazy bitch and I love her. She was like, she, she told Lacey to pack a bag. She was like, you're staying in our house. And she bought the bombs and everything for Lacey's mom. And she said, you're doing this or our kids will not hang out anymore. And so Lacey lived with us for two weeks. And my Holy mom treated shit. both of our hair. We both got lice free. And then that was the end of it. That's so fucking wild. I'm very glad I asked <laughs> these questions because I know my answer is always going to be boring because nothing happens to me. But I know that you, everything is 
everything that could have ever happened has happened, happened to me. To what, one day we're going to tell the story about the time my mom chainsawed a bunk bed in half, and that'll what? be a wild day. Okay, well, when bunk beds appear in the show, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about it. Yeah, I I had the fucking wildest childhood. I, swear. I had the most boring childhood. <laughs> yeah, I and just we balance like a, each other out, and that's why we're in love. That's why we're in love. I had a weird gay mom, so just a weird gay childhood. So yeah, I definitely fucking had lice. Uh, it was awful. Uh, <laughs> but we've gotten completely away from the subject. But yeah, I think Lynette approaches the moms, right? And the moms yes. like, oh my God. And then this man who I'm assuming is like the principal or something yeah. is handing out flyers, letting the moms know how to get rid of them. And one of the moms is like, where did this start? Where, who, What kid gave all of the kids lice? And the principal introduces something that is uh, talked about numerous times throughout this episode, which is their like no blame policy they don't want a kid to be targeted and blamed which is valid and good i guess um but that doesn't make the moms not make their judgments yes because lynette sees the babies coming out of the school and they're itching their heads and the other two moms see this also and Mm -hmm. you can definitely see a little bit of worry in lynette's eyes thinking that her babies are the ones that started the lice and the moms being like, oh, fuck, of course it's these two kids. Yeah. Which is sad. So, yeah, that sucks. And they're we're just gonna, babies. They're just little babies, but moms are bitches. Yeah. So. And then we cut to a shirtless Carlos in the bathroom, um, and he's noticing that really gross brown water is coming up through all the drains. Yeah, and Gabby's taking a shower. Oh. And I guess she takes a shit shower? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it seems like the sewage is coming up through everything and then it pours out of the shower. Here's my question. How did she get clean then? Because the next shot we cut to is Mike check, like digging up like their lawn to get a look at the pipes and he's assessing the damage and like the whole pipe system needs to be redone. But Gabby is spotless. She is clean. <laughs> How did she get clean? I have no clue. And I also had the same thought. Okay. I have no I mean, clue. if she jumped into their pool, maybe. Maybe, yeah. She's just she smells like chlorine. Yes. Um, and you're right. Mike comes over and gives them the tea, and he's like, "Hey, you know, he's a sweet, sweet boy." And he says he'll do the job at cost, so he like mm-hmm. won't even make any money off of it. But just with all the stuff he needs and the supplies alone, it'll be like six to seven thousand dollars minimum. Yeah. And the Solises lie and are like we'll get back to you and mike is sweet sweet man and he's like hey if you need help with money i can i can help you he's like i feel really grateful like that you're even thinking about offering me this job because ever since i got arrested people i've been losing a lot of business Mm -hmm. and then carlos makes a gross fucking joke about his like house arrest and i'm like dude you're actually guilty you actually did a crime (laughs) he's like hey man we love we love felons here. I don't know what the we're fuck in this said. together, Mike. Huh? I I I bet you too like to abuse your partner. <laughs> I bet you too use slave labor uh, and embezzle uh, millions of dollars. Jesus. Right? Am I right, Mike? Um. Yeah. Also, wow. Us saying this now is that the first time Mike's interacted with like a man, and also interacted with Gabby. Yes. He only talks to Susan and Edie. Yes. I feel like Mike quite literally has not interacted with another woman on Wisteria Lane. Well, he talked to Malcolm. Is that his name? Who the fuck's Malcolm? It's the old man. Oh, Noah. (laughs) Noah! (laughs) I was like, did I miss a whole fucking character? 
Um, yeah, I mean, like, quite literally, Mike doesn't interact with anybody else on Wisteria Lane. New conspiracy. And then we cut to Susan checking her voicemails. She has one from Lynette wanting to uh, tell her to come to poker to get the tea on Maisie. So it oh, seems as though yes. the, the telephone uh, bye-bye birdie has, has happened, and everyone basically knows what happened to Maisie. And then she's a second voicemail from our Mikey Poo who wants to talk to her. And she deletes it. She, she doesn't even finish it. it. She's like, get out of here, Mikey Poo. And, and Julie's there. Queen Julie. Queen Julie. Andrea Bowen, Andrea Bowen, Andrea Bowen. Oh, I close my eyes and I open them and I see her. She's, one day it's going to work. I know I did that in a previous episode, but one day I'm going to say her name uh, three times and she will be here. I told you I'm going to clip all the times we talk about how much we love Andrea Bowen and Julie and just, and just like send it to her publicist and be like, can she come on this podcast, please? please. And uh, the, that'll be the day when I say her name three times. She'll and she appears. Appear. <laughs> and she'll be like, hello, everyone. And then, oh, I have goosebumps thinking about it. Thinking about Liz, I got little boosy gums thinking about Andrea Bowen them, being on a Zoom call with I us. I have them all over my body. <laughs> I have, I have goosebumps. What fucking like drug did we do today that we are this <laughs> feral? I don't know. Um, so Julie is the the best little baby in the world. She apparently is going off for a weekend with her dad, and she asks her mom like, "Hey, do you want me to stay so you're not lonely?" And Susan implores to her that she should go be with her dad, and. Susan tries to tell Julie, and also herself, that Mike was just a fling, and it didn't matter, but she's clearly not fooling anybody. There is a very sweet moment when Julie's hugging Susan on the way out, and she tells her, like, listen, like, you're gonna find someone else. Yeah. You're a good person. She's so good she's to her so mom. Good. She's so good to her daughter. <laughs> <laughs> her daughter mom Susan. her daughter mom susan I we should get love... shirts that say daughter mom <laughs> <laughs> lots of merch ideas going on right now i'm sorry i'm sorry i'll, turn, <laughs> I'll tone down the pharaoh well i have a merch idea later so i'm just okay saying. okay um also in my book behind closed doors julie julie bowen andrea bowen said that there was a deleted addition to this scene because, you know, obviously, uh, Julie leaves mm-hmm. and Susan breaks down crying because she's just yes. holding in so much grief over this relationship. Like, you really do grieve a relationship when it has ended. Yeah. You know? And ap- apparently there was, like, an addition to the scene that they took out where Julie, like, forgot her magazine to read in the car. So she comes back in unexpectedly and Susan freaks out and, and opens the fridge and puts her face in the freezer. <laughs> To pretend oh like she's, like, God. looking for ice cream. And then Julie's like, all right, just grabbing this. Bye, Mom. And then apparently the gag was that Susan removes her face from the freezer and her tears have frozen onto her cheeks. I And she can't move her face. Is that in the deleted scenes on the DVD? I don't know. It was just, it was I in mean, my book that it happened and they cut I, it. That is very funny. <laughs> but I'm kind of, this is one of the very few scenes I'm glad that they omitted. Oh, yeah. It would have, it probably would have ruined the ruined emotional the impact of the moment um i just think it's funny it's hilarious <laughs> but i think that i i think that i agree with the fact that they cut that because i think that like julie's thing to her mom and then the crying had a like yeah. emotional weight to it that would have been completely ruined if they did like a physical gag like that and susan doesn't need to always be a comedy queen 100 percent of the time <laughs> exactly she it's okay to have emotions queen. she can be a drama queen she can have confessions <laughs> of a teenage drama queen hell yeah um and then 
we cut to Rex and Brie at the country club. This outfit that Brie is in. I wrote that down too. I wrote Brie's dress as a ooh widow baby. <laughs> yeah, the pigtails. <laughs> with the ribbons. It was so like infantilized yeah. of an outfit. The little sweater around the shoulders. I yes. literally wrote, what the fuck is Brie wearing in this scene? But basically at this scene, so Rex and Brie are at the club. They're getting dinner. We find out that like... Rex has been feeling pretty sluggish, even though, like, he's been doing his medication and everything, and he's got to go to the doctor to see what's wrong. And uh, they see Tish going around table to table. Ooh, Tish. Goss. What a good white and, lady name. Yes. And <laughs> Rex says to Bree, why don't you call her over? I could use some cheering up. And so Tish comes over. <laughs> I loved this moment so and much. And spills the fucking beans on Maisie. <laughs> and the looks that Brie and Rex are giving each other are very not suspicious at all. And yeah. they're very casual and collected. And I feel like if I was Tish <laughs> and I was looking at these two people, I would think that they had nothing to do with Maisie Williams. Oh, for sure. I would not, I would not notice at all that they clearly are hiding something. <laughs> um... Once again, I love when shit from earlier in the season comes back. So I'm so glad that Maisie and Rex's storyline is getting like an actual like yes. ending or at least the, it, it is being used to heighten the stakes. I'm very excited about that. Um, yeah, this, uh, this, they look stressed. They look angry. Like the second they were getting their marriage kind of back on the rails, boom, this hits yes. and it's going to completely derail it. Yeah, especially because we find out that Maisie Williams has a little black book yes. with all of the names of her uh, clients. customers. Clients. Yes, not customers. <laughs> clients. She owns a farmer's market. <laughs> yes. Customers. I couldn't think of the word client. Um, <laughs> it's okay. She has a little black book with all of the names in there. Mm-hmm. And she's gonna release it to the police to, to get make like, a deal. To make no, a we don't deal. Find that, we don't find that out until later. Oh, oops, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Yeah, no, that's what Edie says later. Ah. There's a lot of information about Maisie spread throughout the yes. whole episode. Uh, I think this is this is just where we find out the book exists. Yes. And then we cut to Lynette and Tom combing the lice out of the boy's hair. And I wrote, honestly, she shaved Parker's hair after, like, 60 seconds of trying to get the gum out. I'm shocked she didn't just, like, shave these the boy's hair. Yeah. I mean, that's what you said. That was your response to my lights. I feel like it's, I mean, you know, gender roles. Gender is annoying and weird, and you are put in so many boxes and you're a child. And, like, you know, so when I was little and I had lice, I was terrified of having my head shaved because yeah. I'm a girl and I wanted long hair. But, like, with boys, I feel like their parents, especially when they're that age, just shave their head all the time. Yeah. So I'm just shocked they didn't shave the boys' hair because they're boys and you could just do that and it'd yeah. be fine and they wouldn't be, like ostracized by i just i just feel like if it's a really bad case of lice and maybe it's the media media telling me this it's just like common to just have your hair shaved just get it out yeah i mean especially if you're like a young man with like short hair as it is it's like you might as well i don't know so i was shocked that they didn't just shave shave their head but whatever the subtitles when lynette spells out B I T C H's. Yeah, it's like it said something it's else. It's B L T C H's. Yeah, blitches. Blitches. A B L T. I could. I love a good B L T. We love a good B L T. It's a bacon, lettuce, tomato, carrot, and carrot. hollandaise sauce. Hollandaise sauce, <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> yes, I also noticed that because I also use subtitles. 
Um, but they get a phone call from someone named Tammy, which I think I then connected. It was the mom, one of the moms in the beginning. Mm-hmm. It took me a while through the episode, but that's who they get a call from. Her son Topher has to have cancel his big birthday party because he has the measles. Which is, if you're going to fake a kid, spoiler, if you're going to fake a kid's sickness, maybe choose a more realistic illness for your child to have. Um, Lynette pretty quickly is like, she's lying because she spent so much fucking money on that. She would, you know, do anything to have that birthday party happen because she's not going to cancel it after she spent so much money. And she thinks that they're being disinvited because Tammy saw the baby scratching. Yes. And then we cut to Edie and Paul. We find Edie out. Edie is back. Yes. Edie oh, is oh, back. Oh, party. I'm partying. I'm partying. I'm dancing. I. You got glow sticks. I got glow sticks. I'm fucking <laughs> raving right now. I missed her so much. I didn't realize yes. how much I missed her until she came back. And I was like, fuck, I love this character. And I'm so glad she's back. Ugh. I wrote, I feel like I'm coming up for air, my queen. Oh, my God. (laughs) I also wrote, I'm so glad she's here with this low-cut shirt so I can see her titties and her beautiful face. Mm -hmm. So my notes just went off the rails when Evie entered the scene again. Basically, we find out that Paul is taking the house off the market, so that's why Edie is there. Mm-hmm. She has to come back to give her keys back because she forgot them. And she starts flirt joking with Paul being like, I could keep the keys if you want. Yeah, he freaks the fuck out. He's like, yeah. what? And she's like, your wife's been dead for six months. Just to get over it. It's a joke. And I was like, <laughs> okay, Jesus but- Christ, Edie. <laughs> but I, I did write it. Kind of put into perspective to me how much time has passed yeah. since Mary Alice's death, which is interesting to me as a, mm-hmm. as a watcher. And then the Tillmeister. We got the return of the Tillmeister. I love this scene. And she's being a BLTCH. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I loved this scene. I loved it so much. She gives Edie a necklace she found in the Hoobs' stuff that had Edie's name on it. And Edie was really sweet. And she was like, oh, I miss when we used to steal things from each other. Yes, I wrote that down too. I love Edie and the Hoobs. But the Tillmeister also does some stuff, kind of like fucking with uh, Paul. Oh, yeah. Detective Till. She's here. Where she's like, he's really driving like, oh, did you hear Mike had that evidence? Mm-hmm. And she's like, yeah, I don't really believe it because why would he be smart enough to wear gloves but dumb enough to leave evidence, like bloody evidence lying around his place? Like, it doesn't make sense. And then she turns to, to, I almost said Susan, she turns to Edie and is like, have you ever been to Utah, Edie, Salt Lake City? And she like makes eye contact with Paul. It's yeah. good. Yeah, it's so good. I wrote, Tellmeister's a smart bitch detective, honey. Yeah, because um, yeah, she, she, she kind of like works it in by being like, oh, there's an antique place I used to go to that sold jewelry like that in Salt Lake City. Ever heard of it? And Edie's, like, mm, just looking hot and standing there going, no. And then she kind of, <laughs> yeah, turns to Paul. And she's like, how about you, Paul? Have you ever been to Salt Lake City? And I think he sees what she's doing. And she knows that she sees it. Like, they're just having this sort of, like, staring contest almost. But she's right to suspect him. Like, the Tillmeister is on the fucking nose with who murdered her sister. Truly. Yes. I love her. Um, yes. And then we cut to Gabby. We find out for water and stuff, she's been, like, taking sink showers in her friend's bathrooms. 
and like washing her teeth, washing yes. her teeth, washing her teeth <laughs> um, in her friend's bathroom sinks. And she leaves the room and we find out that it's poker day and Edie is there. Ugh, I wrote two Edie scenes in a row. What is this? Christmas? <laughs> well, you're in for a treat. She this... got like the most screen time yes. this whole episode. I they, was, It was made I was, for you. I was just rolling in the Edie content. I was so happy. <laughs> it's the scene. It's the weird scene. It, it's not the exact scene, because it doesn't have the same context. But you know the shot in American Beauty where she has the, the rose roses? Petals? Yeah. It's you, but it's just headshots of Edie. Yeah, it's me. <laughs> screenshots I'm... of her from the episode. I'm fully naked, and I'm just covered in screenshots of Edie from this episode. I can't that believe is... we have to take that picture on day. I will, and I will sell it as a print in our store. Yes. <laughs> It's a, it's a Patreon exclusive content. <laughs> Me naked, covered in photos of Edie. It's it's the highest. It's OnlyFans. Wait, it's our OnlyFans account. Oh shit! Edie is here giving the tea on Maisie, and this is where we find out that Edie heard from a quote unquote very reliable source that the prosecution is going to cut a deal because she has so many high profile Johns. I literally wrote Maisie OnlyFans when in my notes. <laughs> yes, a Maisie only, she, Maisie would totally be on OnlyFans yes. if she was around today. There was a lot of shaming sex workers in this uh, in yep. this scene. Yep. Um, and I'm like, listen, Maisie had a booming business. She was like making bank. Yeah. Baby. And Lynette asks, like, who would pay to have sex with Maisie? And I'm like, she's objectively an attractive woman. <laughs> like, what the fuck, Lynette? Yeah. We all know you wanted to fuck her. We saw it. You were lesbian in the episode. Yes. Whatever. You go back. Replay go back. the tapes. Lynette, play the tapes. You almost topped her. And we <laughs> saw it. Um, and Gabby says, clearly whoever would pay her wasn't getting it at home. And Brie looks really, really ashamed and sad. And no one seems to notice that Brie <laughs> looks upset. It's because she's subtle. She's a subtle queen. <laughs> queen of subtlety. Uh, Edie says that Maisie's going to give up the little black book. And Edie, I love the way she goes, there is going to be blood on the walls when this comes yeah. public. I was like, oh, Edie is vibing with the girls. And I yes. love it. Oh. And then we get a scene that's just Lynette and Edie. <sighs> True. Which power couple? I wrote kiss. kiss? <laughs> kissy, kissy. Do a little kissy, kissy. Truly, I am I, that I'm that right now. I am that gift. Of um, Jocasta from Big Brother, where she goes, I am so used to giving, and now I get to receive. <laughs> that is me right now. This is a great scene. Yes, this is a fantastic scene. I was going to say, we learn how Edie is very good at bluffing, mm -hmm. because her first husband was so lousy in bed, she had to fake all of the orgasms, and that's how she learned how to bluff, yeah. which can be applied to how she's good at poker. Yeah. Which I, that is very funny yes. and sad. I'm glad she got out of that marriage. She yeah, needs somebody who can please her. And first husband indicates that there has been more than one. Yes. So I'm curious how many times Edie's been married at this point. Because mm -hmm. we haven't really gotten a lot of her backstory. I also wrote, then I wrote, Edie asks where her girlfriend Susan is. Because <laughs> she's intuitive and she wants that tea. I literally wrote, Susan is her new ho hoops. They're best friends. Yeah, I think that, like, Edie needs a friendship that she can be a little bit at odds with. Yeah. I guess that's Susan now. And Lynette is like, 
I mean, Susan's devastated about the mm-hmm. breakup with Mike, but like, I really shouldn't tell you anymore because you're not a really good friend to Susan. And Edie's like, I don't hate her. I want to be a better friend. And I was like, oh, Edie, <laughs> I love her so much. I love, I love a Susan and Edie scene. I love the vibes of them. I'm really glad that she's trying to make an effort to move a little bit closer to Susan. Yes. I wrote, did this episode get taken directly from my dreams? Yes. <laughs> I just kept writing these notes about how happy I was. And, oh, we get a really good line, too, where Lynette's, like, tells tells Edie how to be a good friend. You have to listen to your friends. You have to care about what they have to say. And Edie says, well, what if you want to be supportive, but you don't like listening to people bitch? Which is a great line. Yes. And then the next scene, we cut to Paul taking out a VHS that says Utah hyphen Angela's award party. <laughs> and he puts it in and we Pops play it. In. And there there she is, Mary Alice, mm-hmm. getting her award for whatever. I can't read it. Something, uh, yeah. And it's, it's the nurse award. <laughs> and <laughs> The uh, nurse award. <laughs> yes. And Tillmeister is there in the video. And then in my notes, I wrote, the video he pauses the video on her face and the video comes to life and she starts staring at paul (laughs) and she mouths the words i know and then dramatic music happens as you zoom in on a paul Mm -hmm. starting to sweat and then she winks uh, but that doesn't happen. And it's just something I wanted to happen. <laughs> I wish that would have happened. But yeah, he panics. I think he, I mean, he clearly has to know that the Tillmeister knows, right? Yes. She just has no way of proving it. Yes. And this is proof. And then we see the Solises are shaving and doing laundry in their hot tub. <laughs> Which I thought the laundry bit was very funny because it came at the end and it was like a good, nice, like quick blackout joke. It was was very quippy. It was witty. I liked it. Um, I don't understand how they, again, I don't understand how they have access to a hose if all of their pipes are fucked. Um, Because he he washes her leg off with the hose. Oh, you're right. She literally goes, hose me. And then he sprays her leg down. You are absolutely right maybe i don't know maybe the plumbing's different from the outside stuff to the inside stuff maybe they were also debating where they can go pee and i wrote why don't they just pee outside yeah like why well, I mean, that's I guess uncivilized i guess like when they gotta poop it'll be bad but like peeing wise i could just pee outside you just pee outside listen poor is just a state of mind and so is <laughs> peeing outside peeing outside is just a state of it's mind it's just a state Liz. of mind maybe it could be fun to pee outside I, Liz, I'm so sorry about my notes. I literally wrote, Gabby in this bathing suit, I am looking. Mm, I wrote, fuck Carlos. (laughs) (laughs) I like that our brains were on two different wavelengths this episode. Yeah. I was very just like, women? This whole episode. And I was like, men. (laughs) (laughs) The dichotomy of dyke. (laughs) Um, But Gabby starts yelling at him about how he got them into this situation, which is true. Yes. And then she does the laundry bit. Yes, the laundry bit is very good. And then we cut to Lynette uh, walking into the nurse's office at her baby's school and telling her that the the babies are lives free. Mm-hmm. And Lynette like goes to leave and she's like, 
how could this happen? And the nurse tells her that lice is only spreadable through human-to-human contact and that her boys did not start the lice outbreak. Mm-hmm. And she refuses to say, like, who patient zero mm-hmm. is. Um, but she uh, does say that the boy has had it four times already, mm-hmm. which is it was me, I guess. I don't yes. know. <laughs> um, this you started the outbreak. I started the outbreak with the babies. Um, <laughs> and Lynette is, you know, Lynette loves just like playing uh, the victim to try to kind of like manipulate people into giving her information. And which I love, Queen. And she's trying to figure out which kid it is. And Lynette is like, hey, just because you don't want the other kids to blame other kids does not mean that the moms are not going to be bitches and pick scapegoats. And they have chosen my babies as the scapegoat. And she says, and like, my kids are going to be able to go to Tammy's party. And at that, the nurse goes, Tammy, Topher's mother? Mm -hmm. Sit down. And we're like, oh, shit. Tammy's boy is the one with lice. And then we cut to the prison. The prison. Maisie Gibbons. Maisie Gibbons starring in Orange is the New Black. <laughs> yes. Uh, and Brie goes to see her, and this is lesbian behavior. She brings her fucking muffins. She's visiting her wife in prison. Um, is this your nominee? I guess this is one of my nominees. I have yeah. another nominee later. Um, I'm sure you know who my other nominee is. Yes. and uh, <laughs> But that's a quick scene. We just yeah. see that. And then it cuts to Gabby in a very 2000s jogging look. Oh, for sure. She sees a porta potty and steals it. How Basically, the fuck I, is she able to get away with that? I don't know, dude. I don't know. Nobody <laughs> on the block has seen her. Apparently, this is the only time of day where everybody is legally required to stay inside while Gabby goes on her run. And while um, John has no pants on as he's cutting yes, the lawn. Yes. There's like an hour each day where no one is allowed outside but the because Solis. of plot points. Yep. Yes, there's an hour each day. There's an hour of every day where everybody is, de- is gets a designated hour to go outside with nobody else to see. Yes. And the rest, after that chunk of hours is done, then everybody else can come outside. That's how it works. And then after that very quick scene, we go back to the prison. And Bree is basically trying to bribe Maisie into removing Rex's name from the Little Black Book. And yeah, I did right here. I wrote... There's some sexual tension in this scene for me. Lesbians of the episode nominee, for sure. I would say they, they deserve to be chucked into the bucket of, of lesbians. Yes, I agree. We can chuck them in the bucket. Chuck them in the bucket. And Brie offers Maisie like a shit ton of money. $14,000. Yeah. That's almost as much as, that's 1000 less than Tom paid for a boat. Yeah. Do you think that they did 15000 first and then they went, no, we can't do that again? We can't do that again. Also, it wasn't 15000 um, fucking, it was the yearly, it was the yearly salary of yes. Yao Lin. So she's going to and, and it was, and it was uh, money that Lynette had to pay the dean of schools. Mm-hmm. Oh, I just said that. Yes. But it was also the real life amount of money. That, that Felicity Huffman paid to her. <laughs> yes. her <daughters>. yeah. um, <laughs> so, I think that's yeah, what I meant to say. They went down to 14000 Uh They wanted to be a little bit different. And Maisie says no. She's like, you have never been there for me. Where mm. were you when we when my husband lost his job and I had to start doing this? You were not my friend and you never have been. And Bree is like, oh, shit, because Maisie is... 
pretty like she's correct she i i think that this was a valid thing to say um but Maisie does say at the end she is glad that brie visited her because she feels like she's been abandoned by all the other ladies and brie takes the muffins back when she leaves yes and she's like <laughs> what is she she says something like they didn't abandon you because you're a whore. They yes, abandoned you. They abandoned you because you were all you weren't all that nice to begin with. Oh, <laughs> yes, I liked that line. I thought that was pretty funny. Not that I like Maisie being called a whore, but um, yeah. I, I thought it was a funny a funny line. Uh, and then we cut to Edie and Susan. Edie just walks into her house. <laughs> I loved it. And Susan is, like, getting rid of shit. I thought the hat was very funny. She's like, I don't know, I was on vacation. Um, I liked this scene. It was a good scene between the two of them. And basically, like, Edie's like, come on, we gotta go out. Like, we gotta, I'm not gonna try to date Mike anymore, but I am still gonna try to fuck him. Yes, Um, I loved that. She's like, come on, let's just go get, let's just go get drunk. Let's just do it. And she, like, starts dragging Susan to get her up. And I wrote, at first I wrote, she tells Susan to get dressed so that they can go party. Lesbian in the episode? I think I'm feeling it. And then the next note I wrote is, she spanks Susan? Lesbian of the episode! With, like, five exclamation points. Do you want this to be lesbian of the episode? It is my number one nominee. I will throw that in. Okay, okay. I will chuck that into the bucket. Edie spanking Susan. (laughs) That's lesbian of the episode. Yeah. That's my I want to throw one more in later. Okay, okay. Let's do it. And Let's then do it. and then we'll talk about it when we yes. get to it. I like episodes where we have multiple nominees. Yes. I enjoy this scene also because Edie's like, listen, like I know what it's like to get your heart stomped on, which yeah. is like w- why Susan ultimately agrees to go out with her. Oh, I love it. And they that. go to a buffet bar. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> Edie is pointing out boys to Susan, and Susan seems disinterested. So obviously they j- j- just kiss each other. That's she just what they Mike. should do. Or she wants Mike. Yeah. Yeah. I think Edie is really I, good in the scene. My my note in for this scene is alcohol is a depressant. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that information, Liz. You're welcome. Um, they kind of shift towards looking for boys into who killed the hoobs that's so such a good line i love it because it's like edie is finding out all of this shit and susan is just like spilling all the beans why'd you spill your beans susan oh yeah i did like spill your beans i did like that how it was like i like that device in tv shows when they work really well with like what each individual character knows Mm -hmm. because edie hasn't been kept up in the loop so even later, we will see in the scene where they go to Paul's house, like, she's finding out a lot of stuff. She's finding out about the Angela stuff. She's finding mm-hmm. out about a lot of things in the moment, and Edie is, is taking it like a champ. Yes. Which, so, which, is, which proves my thing where it's like the hoobs is gone, and Susan is her new hoobs. Susan is the new hoobs, not only as a detective, but also as Edie's best friend. Yes. Woo. Um, I hope that this friendship continues throughout the show. Me too. And Edie is like, you know, who do you think killed Martha? And Susan's like, I think it's Paul. He's a fucking skis. She kind of gives her all the info that she's missed. And then she, and then Edie is like, you know, he was working overtime to make Mike seem really guilty when I saw him today. And then she kind of jokingly says, I do have a key to the house. We should snoop. And drunk as shit, Susan goes, yes. Yes. And then we cut to Brex. 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 Brex at the at the Brexit. country club. Uh, oh God! And um, 
Rex is saying that he went to his doctor and the doctor can't see anything wrong. And I'm like, shouldn't the doctor be like knowing that the medication isn't working? Well, I think that he said he said that the doctor can't figure out why the medication isn't working. Yeah. So then isn't there there has to be more than one type of heart medication. I have absolutely no clue. Can't you go to it? I don't know. It's just, it's just like so interesting. Yeah, and he says he's gonna be he's being sent to another doctor for an like a second opinion. About to be it. fair, like if they switched up the medication, who's to stop him from switching that out too? Yeah, I don't think there's any way to avoid this unless they catch what George is doing. And also mm-hmm. interesting that we haven't seen George in a couple of episodes, and yet we obviously we're still being led to believe that he is still doing something and tampering mm-hmm. with Rex's medication, even though we have not seen George in a while. Mm-hmm. It feels like. Um, and basically, like, they see people are staring at them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just curious if Rex is the only person from the country club that she had sex with. That ha- is highly unlikely. I doubt that. I think they're just targeting them. Yeah, probably. Um, but I, I doubt that. I doubt that. I, I'm sure she slept with multiple people that yes. go to that country club, for sure. Even the wives. Even the um, wives. Icon Maisie Gibbons. Yes. And Bree is like, we're going to stay. We're going to eat our dinner. We're going to walk out here with dignity. And Rex says, no, I'm going to go. And then we see eviscerate Bree come back. Ooh, tasty, 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 tasty. And she's like, I will scream. <laughs> Rex, how you wronged me. How your sexual tastes are evil. I will talk. I will scream. I have a mouth. I will scream. Holy shit, Liz. And then at this point in my notes, I said, get a divorce. (laughs) Get a divorce. Get Get a divorce. divorce. Also, I wrote, she calls his sexual habits distasteful. And the last time we saw it, I thought that she was trying it out. Yeah. I guess it just didn't go well. We never saw it. They love not showing us any information. They love not showing us, but they love telling, not showing. (laughs) Which is great if you work in film, I hear. Um, (laughs) Clearly. (laughs) But basically, she scares him enough to make him sit back down. Yeah. And I want to say this because this is where I had a merch idea. Um, We cut to Seedy entering the young household, entering Paul's house. And I like that Edie has a line that says... What are we looking for? A pillow that says, I killed Martha Hoover? (laughs) And I thought, what if we made a pillow that said, I killed Martha Hoover on it? That's so funny. (laughs) That's actually really good. I'll I'll, I'll maybe maybe whip something together and see what I can do. See what I can can whip together. Okay. I also really enjoy Edie's line where uh, Susan's like, how do you know? Like, do you know what evil looks like? And Edie's like, of course I believe in evil. I work in real estate. Oh, she had a lot of good lines in this episode. She drinks some whiskey that's just sitting out. Edie's just having a party. (laughs) Um, But basically, like, Susan finds the Utah Award party. Detective Uh, Suze. And I'm surprised, like, Paul didn't trash the video or anything. I'm surprised he kept it intact. Literally, that idiot is always throwing evidence out and that's the one piece of evidence he doesn't throw out but basically they put the tape in but before they can see the tillmeister or mary alice uh 
there's a door, there's a jingle jangle. A little jingly jangle. And so they take the tape out. The tape gets thrown behind a cushion on the couch. And Edie and Susan hide behind the couch. And I think this is very funny. And this is where I think the next lesbian of the episode comes in. Because, so classic, they're hiding, right? Paul sits down, he starts reading the paper. And then Edie reveals herself as a distraction to, to protect her lover. Oh. She 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 is like, hey Paul, I thought we could make this like I, I I wasn't joking earlier. I think we can make this a really special thing. And she starts making out with him mm-hmm. so that Susan could leave. And I think that is lesbian because she's protecting her wife. She's protecting her wife. And she was doing that gag that I love where her eyes are open and she's like using her hand to uh, kind of make Susan move while she's also making out to distract. Yes. It was a good like sitcom thing. Honestly, they are Charlie's angels. I love them so much. I, I think that we could just like, we can mush the last two together. And it's just like Edie in this yes. episode, but especially like being like sexy and protective with Susan. Yes. I, it's Edie. Oh, oh, it's kind of we, Edie, right? Yes. Have we talked about what we plan on doing at the end of the season? I don't know. Have we? I don't remember. Doing like a huge, just a like huge a bracket. bracket, and to find the lesbian and of like the having season. people vote. Yeah. All I'm saying is, if you don't follow us on Twitter, please follow us at Desperate Dykes. We can do a bracket because on there. we could do polls and brackets. We want to have a lesbian of the season by the time this is all done. I'm just waiting for the day when we nominate one of us. <laughs> we're gonna. We're gonna eventually. Okay. It's gonna happen, right? Over the course of eight seasons. For the it's last gotta. episode, we nominate us. Oh, yes. I and then we cry. I'm excited to see who the lesbian of the whole season's gonna be. Yeah. But for this lesbian, episode. Lesbian of the series. There's eight candidates. Each lesbian of the season gets pit against each other. Oh, that'll be really good, Liz. That'll be really good. Anyway, we're getting off topic. Um, So this episode, it's Edie. Yes. I couldn't ask for anything more. And Susan is not able to get the tape. That's an important thing. She's not able to get it because Edie can only do so much with her seducing and, and distracting. But Susan is able to get out of the house. I would like to say the fucking shot of Susan crawling down the driveway, <laughs> insinuating that she crawled down a long fucking driveway. Why didn't she, she get up? She opened the door on her knees and just started crawling outside because that's what Mike sees. Her go from a crawl to a sprint. Because um, <laughs> Mike, Mike sees her coming out of the house. Yeah. Yes. I love how he doesn't. I mean, whatever. He doesn't even say anything about it. No, but also Paul. So Edie realizes that Susan's got out and she's like, okay, cool. That was great. I'll see you later. You clearly hate this. And then Paul, where the fuck this came from? Paul's like, nah, baby, I love this. And he pushes Edie against the wall and makes out with her. Did we ever see the end of that scene? Did did Paul fuck each other? I think it's insinuated. I literally wrote in all caps, Edie say no. (laughs) Yeah, I couldn't tell if, if there was going to be an end to that or if, if they had sex. I don't know. Hopefully I we'll like find out imagine, next. I like to uh, imagine she said no, and she was like, on second thought, I gotta go. I gotta go. I'm so sorry. Um, I hope we find out next episode what the yeah. fuck happened between the two of them. Um, And then we cut away from that. We don't know what happened. And Mike approaches Susan, and he's like, hey, I really want to talk to you. I want to work things out with you. 
like I'm not a cold-blooded killer you have to believe me I wanted to tell you what was up but there just there wasn't a time that was right for it and she brings up a lot of situations where he could have brought it up uh and it goes comical to the point where it's like when we were on a date watching a movie and that guy killed the bad guy why didn't she just look over to me and say hey I did that once (laughs) yeah (laughs) but basically like she's very upset and she's like, I can't believe anything that you say to me. And he kisses her. Yeah, which he... I'm like, dude, don't do that. She's upset. Yeah, he kisses um, her to shut her up. In my book, I, I didn't pull the full quote because it was really weird. But the guy that plays Mike was saying how it reminded him of a line from Oklahoma, the musical. Where Aunt Eller's like, when a girl gets all fussed up, you just got to grab her and kiss her. And I'm like, why is that a oh. thing we've told men that they should do? Because it's not yeah. cool. No. Um, but alas, that's what we get. We get, and it's it's kind of played as this like sweeping romantic, what a hunk he is. And like, because after the end, after he's done kissing her, he says, at the very least, you can believe that. And he walks I did, away. I did like I liked, that. I did like that too. I got it was a little bit, I mean, I don't think it was good. I don't think it was her. good. I don't think he should have done but it. But also, I thought he was kind of sexy in a hunk. I have good. Oh. Oh, goosey bumps. Like, it's like the, the feminist in me is like, he shouldn't have done that. But the, the, the McKinsey in me is like, but it was kind of hot, right? <laughs> so, so truly, I, you know, it's whatever. <laughs> Don't judge me. He loves, he, he does love her. He's in love with her. I truly, like, I said this once, I'll say it again. I did not care for them when I first yeah. watched the series and now I fucking no, love them. No, I'm a stan. I'm a stan. <laughs> what can I say? Um, back at the Solis house, we get a very quick scene about basically Carlos and Gabby are fighting over who can use the porta potty at one time because I guess their, their, their shit calendars are just so synced that they both have to poop at the exact same time, so they're fighting about it. And that means Gabby goes to Bree's house to use the restroom because Carlos is using the porta potty. Yeah, so she goes to Bree's and Bree kind of inquires, like, hey, is everything okay? Is everything all right? Do you need money? And Gabby's like, what are you talking about? No. What? <laughs> uh, and there's this, like, really weird thing that happens where Gabby says, like, listen, Bree, good friends, they support each other. But great friends pretend like nothing happened in the first place. And Brie goes along with it. And she's yeah. like, well, I hope you have a good rest of your day uh, with that tiling. Um, but wrote, we'll, we'll come back to this. I wrote that's fucked up. Yeah, that's fucked up. I also wrote in all caps, remember when Lynette broke down weeping after she tried to kill herself and she, you all agreed that you need to tell each other things? Why are you all like this? I wrote yeah. in all caps. That happened so many episodes ago. They, it's practically forgotten. <laughs> you know when you make plans with someone, but you're like drunk at a party, so you know those plans will never come into fruition. That's the plan. That's that's, that's what it was. But Lynette was on drugs. Uh, I just I also I just want them to be open with each other and help each other. But yeah. also, I found it interesting. I think that they were mirroring. So when, because in that scene also, you know, Brie is like, I can, yeah. I can give you money. They were they were mirroring a lot of the Maisie Gibbons stuff. Yeah. Because I think in this moment, when Gabby leaves, Brie does see a lot of like what went wrong with Maisie. Yes. In like what's happening with Gabby. Because it's mm-hmm. the same kind of situation. It's like she's she doesn't have money right now. Yes. So it's like, 
I think there's something in Brie that's like, oh, I can maybe make something up. I did was wrong. Maybe yes. I should pick up where I didn't with Maisie. Maybe I should actually be a friend here. Yeah, and so I think that for what I got from that at least is Brie was like, oh, this could be my second chance. Because this is I, actually somebody I care about. Yeah, like I screwed up my relationship with Maisie, but I could, I could salvage this relationship with my friend Gabby and I can make sure she's, she's okay. Yeah. So I really like that. I like that they kind of, I, I don't know, I, I thought it was really clever the way they sort of built that storyline. Because also I feel like we don't see a lot of Brie and Gabby. So I actually kind of enjoyed them as a duo. And like I, yeah. and I'll, I enjoy where it's going to go at the end of the episode, which we'll talk about later. Yes. Um, and then we cut to Topher's party. It's the party of the year. Uh, <laughs> basically, the moms are upset because Lynette brought the babies. And mm-hmm. uh, basically, what's her name? Tammy. Tammy mm-hmm. goes into the bounce house to get her kids out. And Lynette follows her in. And I'm like, oh, they're going to fight. And I thought they were going to fist fight. I thought they were going to fist fight. But Lynette's basically like, listen, I'm going to tell everybody that it was Topher because mm-hmm. that's fucked up that you mm-hmm. made everybody turn on my kids like that. So yeah. now I'm going to do it back to you. I guess, and yeah. And Tammy's like, please don't, please don't. He was so excited for this party. What if I tell everybody? And then yeah, that's kind of like, okay, Yeah, that's it. I was hoping they were going to fight and then nothing happened. I got yeah. sad. I was like, two adult women in a bouncy house is prime comedy for... Some fucking shenanigans. Instead of Tammy, I mean, I guess it wouldn't have worked because Macy got arrested, but I'm like, we did establish, like, a rivalry between Lynette and Macy, and it's never brought up again. It would have made more sense for Macy to, like... It would have been really fun if it was Macy. Yeah. Yeah. But she's too busy being arrested. Yeah. (laughs) Too busy being in jail, starring in Orange is the New Black. But for once in our life... For once in these 16 episodes, we see Brie character growth. Yeah. Because she goes to Gabby's house and she gives her the money. And like we get us, we get some quotes where it's like, I was like, good friends offer to help. Great friends won't take no for an answer. I thought that was so good. Mm-hmm. It made me really, really happy. I loved Brie in this episode. Yeah. I like Brie got back to a place that I really loved because I loved that she was like back to eviscerate Brie with Rex. Mm-hmm. I love that she was having to deal with a lot of shame around her friends that I'm sure was really hard and kind of broke my heart. And I love, love, love that she did this to Gabby and mm-hmm. showed that she wants to grow and be a more present and better friend to people when she has the capability to do it. I really liked Brie in this episode. Yeah. Then that's my soapbox. <laughs> no, I agree. She was she was good. Like I said, for once the first time in 16 episodes, <laughs> we got some character growth and Hell I gobbled yeah. it up. I gobble gobble gobble. I love my queen. I love Queen Brie. She's yes. so good. And Gabby's like, "We're going to pay you every cent." And she's like, "Take your time. I don't need it. It's fine." And it was so sweet. And then we get our final monologue. Mary Alice, once again, I haven't been writing a lot of specifics of her monologues, just, like, the idea of them. So it's about scandal. It's kind of picking up where the beginning monologue left off. And we see that Lynette is at the party, that Carlos is going to take a poop, and the neighbor is seeing them. Uh, We see that Rex is 
getting into a car with Brie, and I think people are, like, whispering about them, maybe. Mm-hmm. We see Paul in prison, and then the big ending is that we see Paul on the couch. We don't see... We see Maisie in prison, not Paul. <laughs> you said Did we I say see Maisie Paul. in prison? You said we, say, we see Paul in prison. And then we see Paul sitting on the couch, and he notices the tape, and he yes. uh, starts getting suspicious. He's a little sus. And that's our little epi. That's the epi, baby. I liked it. It was a good epi. I wrote multiple times throughout my notes. This is a good epi. I'm very excited for this lead up into the end of the season. I am excited. I'm very pumped. I'm so pumped. Want to do our little ending stuff? Our little ending stuff, of course. Yeah, if you want to find us on social media, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Desperate Dykes. Or you can find us at DesperateHouseDykes.com. And if you want to find us personally, you can find me, Liz, at any uh, at the Pigeon Wizard on any form of social media. I got a little Looney Tunes moment right well, there. Wow, and I'm McKinsey, and you can find me at McKinsey Wilkes on Twitter. And you know what we love besides yeah. each other? <laughs> we love reading comments that you leave on our social medias and we also love reviews Ooh. we love reviews they make our days in any shape in any form mm-hmm. and we mm-hmm. would love it if you would leave us an itunes review usually at the end of every episode we ask a question that we want answered in this week's review and we could be we could say who is your wisteria lane cellmate who are you in prison with who's yours my wisteria oh and who they got what they got arrested for yes 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 yes. so my wisteria lane cellmate is going to be the tillmeister (gasps) okay and she got arrested for um identity fraud (laughs) oh my god she's not actually who she says she is my cellmate is ida greenberg Yeah. <laughs> and and we got arrested for together. Yeah. We got arrested for oh. um th- high robbery. Whoa. Like you were high? Like you were both Yeah, like, we were high and we were committing robbery. You were high up your ass committing robbery. Yeah, we took we took like we took we took 200 milligrams each oh my of edibles, <laughs> and then we thought it'd be a really good idea to, to rob someplace, and Holy we got shit. caught. You and Ida are like a bo- fucking Bonnie and Clyde over yeah. here. We we made out. Oh, we my died. God. Uh, we didn't get arrested. Oh, we died. I love it. I love it. In the throes it. of battle. I love it. I think there's only a few things left. What's up, Liz? Tell me about it. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us for our last episode. <laughs> no! <laughs> I'd be so fucking sad if this podcast yeah, ended. I would, too. No, what I wanted to say was, I love you, Mackenzie. <gasps> I love you, Liz. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. I do. And other than that, let me check my watch. Okay, what's oh. your watch? What's, what's your watch oh, it's say? saying? Oh, it's saying it's time, it's time. to tell everyone else... To stay juicy. <gasps> stay juicy.